Hey, future applauders. Do you like talking about movies? Like smart movies? Dumb movies? Science fiction movies? Horror movies? Fantasy movies? Do you like listening to people talk about a movie longer than it would take you to actually watch the movie? Do you sit with your friends and rant at great length about things you're passionate about? You may be interested in Shocked and Applaud. Join us while we go through peculiar movies, traditional movies, movies that we just like, movies that we find are sort of like, huh? Do we follow somebody on social media and then they posted about a movie and we're just going to watch it now? Sure, why not? Our podcast is completely unscripted, so you're going to stumble through things with us because we stumble a lot. We're going to laugh. We're going to talk about what's problematic, but really, it comes down to talking about movies. You can visit us at shockedandapplaud.com, on Twitter at shockedapplaud, and Facebook at shockedandapplaud. We hope to see you there. I'm Bo Maddox. I'm Robert Ortegon. And I'm not even supposed to be here today. <laughs> and this is Collateral Cinema Quickie Stop Edition. Cinema, the only movie podcast that matters. Where we focus on good movies, we focus on bad movies, and we focus on stoner movies as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, we're, we're, we're podcasting straight from somewhere in South Texas, and you, yes, this we, is our 420 20. holiday special. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Merry fucking Christmas, right? <laughs> Hell yes. Oh, man, it is actually 4.20 as we are recording. So. We are maybe 37 minutes into the 4.20 holiday special. We've been sitting here for, like, hours just, you know, shooting the shit, getting high, doing the damn thing, and vibing with, uh, once again, the VUS universe, which we did on... We did uh, Jay and Son and Bob Strikes Back uh, one year for our holiday special, right? We did at least what a couple seasons ago, at the very least, so, something like that. Um, and yeah. interestingly yeah. enough, I worked my way through the Viewers Universe in preparation for Jane Silent Bob Strikes Back, um, for, yeah. for our episode on that. So, like, and I started with Clerks, and Clerks was actually the very first Kevin Smith movie I ever saw, actually. That's awesome. So you actually saw them all in the, the order that they were released and everything. Yeah. That's fucking cool. But you still haven't seen Vulgar, have you? No. Well, we'll talk about Vulgar here in a little while and how I feel it kind of relates to Clerks a little bit. But yeah, we're talking about Clerks, uh, released in 1994, directed by a uh, first-time director at the time, Kevin Smith, and uh, produced by Smith and Scott Mosier. 
stars uh, Jason Mewes, uh, Kevin Smith himself, mm -hmm. uh, Jeff Anderson, and uh, Brian O'Halloran, among others. And this is actually a really great example of just how if you have a little bit of ingenuity, you have a place that you can shoot, and if you have at least something of an idea of what you're going for, you can make something that's kind of timeless, right? Yes, you can. Indeed. Now, Robert, we've <clears throat> been doing our own type of our, our own type of independent filmmaking recently. Like, how do you feel this movie kind of captures that whole independent feel? Like, how how do you feel about that? I mean, it's a lot of their first time. You can really tell. And you can see that they're sort of trying to break away from that whole amateur uh, feel of acting. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because it does feel real, you know? It feels very real. They're, they're, it's kind of idiosyncratic in a way, right? You know? Yeah. And it's something that I think that we can all relate to, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Like, I mean, especially like how the, the movie begins. Like, it, it begins, like, around 7 o'clock in the morning. Uh, the main character, Dante, played by Brian O'Halloran, uh, he is just completely laid out and wasted and everything. He was planning on having the day off, and they called him in. That, that call that anyone who's worked in any type of service industry just dreads, right? Mm. Yeah, well, see, here's the thing, all right? If he made them well aware that he had this thing scheduled on this date. I mean, he's not obligated to come in on his day off. Fuck that. Nah, and I, and I think uh, I think Randall was right. It's like nobody twisted your arm to come in. Yeah, later on in the movie, I mean, uh, Randall really just lays into Dante regarding his, uh, his incessant whining about not supposed to be there and everything it's like yeah that is very true and i mean like i said we can all absolutely relate to that you know but yeah. sometimes there's a point where you just gotta think you know is it really worth it for me to do this here's the thing right if i have nothing planned that day and i want to make a little extra cash great yeah do it but otherwise like if you have plans especially like you're not obligated to be there and i think that that's kind of the uh the ironic situation that Dante finds himself in is like, despite his feelings about it, you know, he's the one basically putting himself in these situations. Although he goes through a lot of shit in this movie. So you still feel bad for him. Absolutely. I mean, you can't help but sympathize with him just based on his plight as a convenience store clerk which by the way all three of us have some uh experience at with you know i mean it's kind of like you know remember when we did intruders yeah good episode that was a great episode when we did that movie i mean that really played into our experience as uh, as grocery store clerks and uh, yeah, no cashiers kidding. and everything this one also kind of rings true to me because for a very brief moment before I started at the grocery store that I work at, this was like maybe about like almost like 10, 11 years ago. Uh, I worked at the uh, local uh, gas station, the easy Mart. It's an mm -hmm. easy Mart, mm -hmm. And I worked graveyard and everything. And I, after having experienced that and then watching this movie, 
it it all rings very true to me. Like I I I dealt with some characters. Yeah, you know. And 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 that that's just in like the overnight shift, you know? Just like oh, the, fuck overnight shifts. Oof, yeah, screw Ooh. that noise. <laughs> but yeah, no, just all the bullshit that Dante has to put up with uh throughout this movie starting from the very beginning. I mean, he has to come in on his day off. Uh, he gets there. the The shutters are 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 jammed shut because some asshole came around and gummed up the locks. Yep. Gee, I wonder who. <laughs> it, it it was Randall. <laughs> it, it, it was fucking <laughs> Randall. Wait, did, doesn't that come up later? Don't I, don't they reveal that at some point? I don't remember that. Yeah, maybe in a later movie. I don't know. I feel like there was a reveal about that. Maybe in the in Clerks two. Possibly, I don't remember anything in Clerks Two about it. We'll we'll have to watch that because, I mean, I'm pretty sure Robert, you have Clerks Two, right? Yeah, I got that one. And I have Clerks Three, oh, so yeah. I mean, we should go ahead and watch all three movies. Get them all going. Yeah, oh, we yeah. should do that. But I mean, this episode we just decided to focus on Clerks mainly because I mean, there's just a lot of ways that you could talk about this movie. Like like we were just talking about you know how it relates to work culture. In, in this day and age, we're, we're living in the day of the anti-work crowd, you know? Like, I mean, people are just finally realizing that jobs are just that. They're jobs. They're, they're bullshit. They're, you know, they're, they're, they're just full of shit that try to, you know, they, they I mean, they, they, they force control upon you and, mm-hmm. and they try to control even your, your, even your own off time. You know, at the end of the just, day, for you, it's just a means to an end, and it's absolutely not yeah. even the best means that you would have envisioned. Exactly. Honestly, it, I feel better than ever just quitting my fucking job, dude. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, there, there, there's a lot of people that either quit straight up or they quiet quit. You know, yeah. it's like especially post COVID and everything. But with this movie, I mean, you really see just the just the inherent pointlessness of these types of jobs. You know. Like even if you get raises there, even even then, it's it's still just an exercise in pointlessness. Ultimately, yeah, it, it's it's exercise in futility. Yeah, because I'm I just thinking, like, dude, what are we working towards? Retirement? Like, what the fuck is exactly. this? Exactly. What, what what kind of retirement? I mean, I mean, look at uh, Dante. I mean, later on, he, he they end up owning the fucking quickie mart and everything. Yeah, that's true. You know, it's interesting. Isn't um, isn't Dante kind of isn't his experience in this movie based off of uh, Kevin Smith's own life? Yeah. Like it's well, he was working at that Quick Stop. He was working there. Like they were doing double time there. They were like, he was like working all day, like from six in the morning all the way to eleven at night. And filming. And, and then filming like late at night, like from eleven all the way to, to like four or something like that. Get an hour or two of sleep and then get up and do it all over again. Oh Damn. Yeah. Like and he and he 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 had that much passion for this movie that he was willing to put that kind of work into it. Man, nice. Like you know? just like Eraserhead. Just like Eraserhead. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah, the work that that uh, David Lynch and company put into Eraserhead it was very similar. It's, it's interesting because uh, both are in black and white, and I yeah. think that both, works to their advantage. Both are in black and right ro- and white. Both tell a uh, almost kind of an allegorical story. You know, I mean, like with the Dante Alighieri. Thing, you know? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. So, like, isn't like, yeah, somebody brought that up, and it was, it's like the nine scenes in the movie, which, which are titled, 
are like the nine rings of hell. The nine rings of hell. You know, it's it, it also kind of evokes uh, Solo or the 120 Days of Sodom a little bit. They kind of mm. had uh, title cards that kind of divided the different sections. But yeah, this one has exactly nine sections. And it's really just kind of a hell of Dante's own making, though. You know? Yeah. It's, it's a hell based on, you know, the relationships he has, the way he approaches those relationships, the people he has around him and everything. You know, I mean, it's and, I mean, the, the customers that are around him. It's just, it's it's something that he just allows to happen to himself. You know? Yeah, that's true. It's like the, the line, the line that he says throughout the movie, right, is uh, uh, I'm not even supposed to be here today. Yeah. And and even that's like, well, you know, nobody twisted your arm to, to be here. Like, you know, you had no obligation. And like there there was a point where like even uh, when, whenever he found out that the boss wasn't coming back at yeah. noon, it was like, nah, man, you should have no. closed the store. You let them know. No, fuck, what yeah, fuck your that. conditions like, were. And he, that's what he ended up doing anyway. He that's what up, he ended up doing anyway. He closed the store in order to play 15 minutes of hockey because they didn't think to bring enough uh, hockey balls or yeah. or even just a street puck, you know? So like, he should have answered the phone, right? Something like that. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know? I mean, I mean, co- compare that to how Randall approaches his job at the video store. He showed up whenever he, he wanted. Showed up whenever he wanted. He knows what that place is. He knows what it is. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, nah, man. Fuck this shit. It's like, uh, I mean, he's rude to the, he's completely rude to the customers. He's just as fuck the customers. And I, fuck the customers. Ra- Randall is who I wanted to be in customer service. Like, like just every interaction with a stupid fucking customer. Oh, God, and they kind of go into the stupidity of uh-huh. different customers and how how similar they are between the quick mark, the quick stop, and the in uh, the video store. Dude, I had a coworker like that who'd show up like four hours late every day. Wow, and he'd only make half his paycheck. <laughs> I'm like, dude, <laughs> well, you're, no shit, you're an idiot, dude. But here, <clears throat> Randall's not doing it because he's an idiot. Randall's doing it because he's just that. That's basically. The first example of what you would call quiet quitting being shown on film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, no, he, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. He's absolutely just checked out there and he doesn't give a fuck. He, he goes between each store. He, he I mean, he, he goes, he comes and goes as he, as he will. He even leaves to go fucking rent a movie from a better video store. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's once you see that, it's just like, this motherfucker. And you know what, though? I bet, like, he fucking knows the boundaries of where he works. He does everything he does because it works he, out for he him. He gets away with it. And he gets I away with it. I can relate to that. It's like, I've had jobs like that before where eventually you just get to a point where it's like, oh, no, I'm, I'm checked out. But one of my favorite moments in the movie yeah. is is uh, whenever he, uh, he shows up and uh, there's a, a lady at the door who's wanting to rent a uh a dvd and then he he says he's he's looking for the same one and then he bets her twenty dollars that he's gonna rent it first walks over to the to the quick stop uh gets his keys and then then comes back unlocks the door and uh lets her in (laughs) opens it up and then just lets her in and she's just like son of a bitch yeah yeah it's fucking great and like you know you just immediately kind of get uh a uh, a picture of his character right there. Yeah, I mean he's he's just eternally fucking off, no matter what, and and that carries over into Clerks too, and how he 
uh, approaches his job at movies. I mm. mean, that that's another bullshit job is is fast food. I mean, food oh, service in yes. general. That, that that's a whole nother level of bullshit, you know. And that's and both of these movies exemplify that in the opening sequence whenever. Uh, Whenever Dante comes in and opens, you know, like like in this movie, like he has to like he has to grab the this is shit that we all relate to. He has to grab the fucking newspapers, cut them open, put them in the rack. You know, Everyday he's got to he's, he's got to start the coffee and everything. And in, in the case of the store, it used to be we would have uh, like iced tea and coffee, so we uh, have yeah. to start both. Yeah. yeah. And then, and then you would have to uh, you would have to put out like a certain uh, food, like roll certain items out and everything, you know. Mm-hmm. Like like you would have to take the beer display and put it in the cooler when you uh, close and then bring it back out and whatnot. Yeah, and all the while just dealing with stupid bullshit every once in a while. And uh, it all happens to Dante on, on this day. Like the fucking, uh, the guy trying to like pedal the gum, he's, he's fucking soliciting right there. Yeah, that's, that's shit that I would not fucking tolerate like for one second. The anti-smoking campaign? Like, nah, fuck you. You're soliciting your buddy. Uh, you need to get out of here. <laughs> Pedal your shit somewhere else. Exactly. <clears throat> and also just weird people that come in and just try to pull weird bullshit. Like, for instance, the uh-huh. egg dude. The egg dude. <laughs> it's like just looking for the perfect eggs. It's like, I relate to that. Motherfuckers are particular about their goddamn chicken periods. It's fucking stupid. Oh, and the, the milk carton lady. I've seen it, and that was uh, Kevin Smith's own mom, right? Oh yeah, that was actually uh, Kevin. That's Mrs. Smith right there. Yeah, awesome. But I was just like, ooh, I hate that so badly. Yeah. Everybody bitches about their goddamn pus juice fucking the, dates. There was actually people at the grocery store like hand checking every egg and they cartons. literally right. And they just sit there and the milk too. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I saw I saw an old guy like pull out every one of those milks just to get the one in the back. Fuck. <laughs> right? Motherfucker. That fucking pisses me off, dude. Just that alone. And, and being vegan, I don't consume either of these products. <laughs> so it's like, I don't give a fuck one way or the other. Fucking drink your rancid ass fucking titty juice. <laughs> fucking, yeah, I, I, hope that it, I hope that it goes bad on you. Titty juice. You know what? I'm not a big fan of just milk, actually. Like I like dairy. I like I love cheese. Dairy, cheese is even more revolting. It, 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 it it's 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 fucking pus juice that you left out to to sit for a little while. Added Ugh. a coagulant to it and fucking made it curdle. So it's like uh, moldy titty juice. It's moldy titty juice. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but yeah, those people piss me off. And also, you know, also people who try to argue with you about fucking just dumb bullshit about prices, the, about prices. Exactly. They argue with you about prices. <laughs> and it's like, motherfucker. I can get this for cheaper at H-E-B than go to fucking well, H-E-B. Shit. Shit. Gas is at least 20 or 30 cents cheaper in town anyway. Like, While you're you know there, what? gas up, go shopping at H-E-B. Probably come out ahead. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, you would come out ahead. You would absolutely come out ahead in the end. I don't fucking get it. But, you know, it's like, yeah, this is the shit that Dante deals with. But Randall deals with it. It's just in perspective. You know, Randall is, like like you said, he's checked out. He's quiet quitting. He's just like, I, I don't care. Like, like, like that scene where he's literally sitting there with the... Uh, 
the woman and the kid, and then he just starts naming off all these really obscene fucking porno names. Yeah. It's yeah. like just shit like that. It's just that's shit that I like to do sometimes. It's like, yeah, fuck you too. Fuck with people. Fuck with people. Yeah. The whole corporate If if they say something racist to me, I'm just like, "Mm -hmm, yeah, here, 12 is 23. Yeah, go away now. (laughs) You you know, shit like that. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, no. I I think it's interesting that uh, Dante and Randall occupy uh, extreme sides of a spectrum. Most people, most of, uh, most people, actually fall somewhere in between of yeah and 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 it it's even more juxtaposed by the fact that they're literally pretty much the same job and they're next door to each other you know yeah so i I think it's interesting to have the uh, juxtaposition of those two characters um because it it it, it kind of uh well it, it shows you those uh that illustrates those uh defining characteristics so much better uh and that's i think important for the character journey of dante now randall's a static character i would say in in this movie at least um but uh dante is a dynamic character he actually goes on an entire arc and uh that arc would have ended uh much more depressingly uh the original oh, cut of this film very much so yeah there were two different endings for this movie the one the mo- the ending that we got where you know Randall's like you're closed and then there's the ending where dante gets robbed and straight up shot i will say this i i don't think it's the ending they should have gone with i think the ending that this movie ends with is perfect but to 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 you know kind of uh support in somewhat the uh, the original ending I, I think it's a really interesting uh, logical extreme to take the you know uh the uh, I'm, I'm not even supposed to be here today line like it's yeah. it's like it really pays off there <laughs> it, it even feels a lot more in line with the whole dante and dante's inferno angle the, the mm-hmm. like in the end i mean he doesn't escape his purgatory yeah it's interesting that uh, Kevin Smith actually says that, you know, he kind of just ended it that way because he didn't really know how to end the film, but it's kind of perfect in a way. But ultimately I'm glad that they ended up cutting it because it, it definitely changes the mood of the entire movie. Right? Absolutely. I mean, it, it, it just completely takes the tone of all, all the silliness that you see, but also a lot of the existential dread and it just kind of undercuts it a little bit. Right. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So it uh, comes out with a totally different feel. And, of course, you know, obviously the possibility of uh, having a Clerks 2 or uh, Dante making an appearance in Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you had uh, Dante and Randall in that movie with, with a couple of nice little Easter eggs, you know. About, you know, It's like, are you even <clears throat> supposed to be here? It's like, don't even get me started. <laughs> yeah. It's like, seriously. I mean, I mean, but but... By that point, I believe that uh, they own the place now. So, well, maybe no, not by because that, uh, that doesn't happen till uh, till Clerks, Clerks Two. two yeah, right? that's right. Clerks Two came out after Jay and Silent Bob Strikes Back. Yeah, yeah. But on top of all of this, there's also Dante's relationship issues, which lead to their own level of tragedy. Right. Yeah, there's the whole thing going on with, okay, Veronica is a total sweetheart. Jesus Christ. Um, of course, he did end up, to, he did end up with uh, Rosario Dawson, which isn't bad either. 
in um, the in the end, yeah. Hmm. But man, Veronica, I, I think uh, uh, Silent Bob says it best, you know, at the end. That his one, you know, line in the movie at the end, you know, is uh, uh, there's not a lot of girls that would that'll, that bring you lasagna to work. Yeah, seriously. There's not a lot that'll do that for you. Most of them just cheat on you. Most of them just cheat on you. Like, and I was seriously. like, yeah, and it's like and it's at that point that Dante realizes he's really in love with Veronica, but it's too late. But, you know, he kind of fucked up from the beginning because it's like, man, if, if, if you're not happy with Veronica, you know, if you're not realizing that because you're pining over your your previous girlfriend, Caitlin, it's like, who cheated on him, right? In high school, I might add, he's, he's pining after a high school crush. It's like, come on, dude. Now, I understand the feeling, actually. Don't get me wrong. I can, I I can empathize. Well, me too. I do as yeah. well, but I see why that's really, really fucking stupid. That's like I mean, three or four years later. I mean, yeah. kind of just moved past it. I mean, yeah, it's like, I mean, some she's, of us, she's already gone to college. She's experienced some things. Yeah, some of us never get over it, though. I mean, I'm, I mean, to uh, her, I, I mean, in the end, though, I mean, she's also down for it as well up to a certain uh, point, which we'll get into here in a second. But, you know, I, I get the whole, like, pining for a girl that's obviously no good for you thing. You guys know. Um, <laughs> I get the there's something right in front of you, but you're kind of stuck in a different headspace thing. Um, you know, so the, the well, obviously, like you know, if, if this was you know r slash uh, am I the asshole? You know, uh, Dante is the asshole, but you can still empathize with him because you you relate to different aspects of his character and just also just to all the shit that he goes through because i mean again even kind of tying into that potential you know that original ending right you know the amount of shit he goes through uh just getting to the store you know having to go on his day off having difficulties opening the store um then he gets fucking slammed with a 500 dollar ticket for mm. for something uh, that randall did for, for yeah. selling Cause, cigarettes cause to Randall a minor because he wasn't fucking paying attention. Yeah, fucking Randall actually did fuck that. It's like, it's like that, that is on Randall. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, that that little kid was probably just trying to get like an ice cream or a stick of gum or something, and he gave him fuck it, gave a little girl cigarettes. Yeah, but what that gets fuck? pinned on on fucking Dante. You know the hockey thing uh, that was aff aforementioned. Um, you know the the fact that. His uh, ex girlfriend seems to kind of finally like come around, and you know the whole time we he had thought that she was going to be uh, uh, Caitlin. She was she was engaged to the uh, Asian design the Asian, major. Asian uh, design major. Yeah, but uh, turns out she doesn't want to marry him. She she wants Dante, and then uh, she and then, fucks a dead guy. Yep, she fucks a dead guy. That happens in this movie. Necromantic full circle. Exactly. We we just we just went right back around to York Bootgerite, right? The body was still fresh. Okay. Oh god damn it, Robert. <laughs> fucking shit, Robert. Sorry. Jesus Christ. <laughs> that fucking character, that guy too. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, yeah. The uh, the old man, like he comes in, he at first he asks, Hey, can I can I use the restroom? And it's like, nah. It's like look and he's like, no, nah, it's for for employees only. And he's like, Look, I really gotta use the restroom. And he goes, he comes away, he's like, yeah, you got the better toilet paper. That other stuff will just sandpaper my hemorrhoids. It's like, <laughs> yeah. And then he comes back and he has, yeah, I need something to read. It takes me a while to do this. It's like, can I get one of those big titty magazines? It's like, no, no, <laughs> the other one with the bigger titties. The one, yeah, not that one, the not, one under it with the bigger titties. Yeah, exactly. Titties. And then he, 
but and this is what's great about the way that this movie was shot and the way that it was written is that yeah he goes into the back and you never think about him up until the moment that Caitlin comes out of the bathroom and yeah. you're like wait a minute you do you do forget about him well it, it, because of the pacing of the film and the fact that it you know it skips forward a little bit throughout the day yeah you, you know we, we kind of just assume that you know hey yeah maybe he left and I think it's the same for Dante it's like you know he kind of just forgot about it yeah it's like that went into the background and then it comes up oh shit <laughs> Like, what a fucking shit. Honestly, man. the scene where where they come to the realization that of what happened is just so amazing because I mean Dante just comes in from out of nowhere, like Caitlin just comes out of the bathroom looking just like glowing, pretty much. <laughs> like at least for a little bit. It's like and she's all like lovey dovey with him and he's like, Wait, what 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 are you talking about? And she's <laughs> like, We just did it in the back. And it's like, babe, seriously, I was not back there. And then we cut to the cops just uh, with the dead body in front of them. Yeah. And with, Caitlin, with, with the flag flagpole, right? Uh-huh. And, and with the flagpole still up, exactly. And then Caitlin is just traumatized. Just fucking traumatized. And it's just haunting for a second there, right? Yeah. It's like that could almost be like a, sh- like a horror short kind of, right? Almost like a horror comedy. Yeah, no kidding. For 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 a second there, and they don't even have to show the actual act or anything or the it, body. They don't. I mean, so much of you know what's funny is that Clerks kind of has this habit of doing that. Like for instance, the scene that they go to the funeral, right? And then five minutes later, they're already running out. Now, in uh, not only in the comic but in the uh, in the actual animated series, we actually see what happened. We see what happened there. It's like. Yeah. It involved the uh, keys to the car and uh, them knocking over the body because the keys were in the body and everything. It was it's yeah. just a just a clusterfuck. Yeah, that, that's good to find out like kind of what happened. But I think it works as a scene with it, like even like the details kind of obfuscated from us. Just they walk in and then it says five minutes later and they're running out. They're talking about knocking the casket over. And well, it's the, like, Jesus Christ. The <laughs> other thing that's notable about this particular funeral is the girl. She was the uh, the girl that died of an embolism in her pool after doing multiple laps in there, which is referenced in Mallrats yep. and also, I believe, in Clerks 2 as well. Hmm. And it's also, of course, is referenced in uh, the Clerks animated series and in the comics as well. And then, um, what, her, it's her sister that's referenced in uh, Chasing Amy? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, or something, or, see, or, or we, we may meet her. Yeah, yeah, we meet we meet her sister actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah of, the, of the girl that died. Yeah, yeah, that that ties into chasing Amy as well. Yeah, so so it ties into mall rats, chasing Amy, and clerks. That's pretty part. crazy. That, that that's awesome, right? It's like those three movies are just kind of surrounding this one with with this one interconnected event right there. Although there is one consistent element in each of those movies, which we haven't talked about yet. Oh, of course. The the, the 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 legends themselves. Jay and Silent Bob. Fucking noise, noise, noise. Smoking weed, smoking whiz. Doing talk, drinking beers, drinking beers, beers, beers. Rolling fatty, smoking blunts. Who smokes the blunts? We smoke the blunts. Fucking Jay and Silent Bob. They. This is the original introduction of these two characters, and they were like instantly iconic. I mean. Played by Kevin Smith himself. Kevin Smith himself, who, I mean, he was just like, 
I mean, it's just Kevin Smith just being Kevin Smith, just silent. You know? Exactly. That's all it's that hilarious. he is. All expressions. And in every movie, he at least has one line of dialogue. We talked about what his line of dialogue was here. Like, of course, he does the immortal uh, Amy uh, story in Chasing Amy. Yeah. But that's like just immortal shit right there. And also in uh, Jay and Silent Bob Strikes Back, he screams at, not only does he scream Ooh. at uh, Jay. But he, he later way. brings up the uh, very good points about. Uh, about the legalities of what happened with uh, Banky and Holden and everything. And the uh, blunt man and Chronic. Yeah. It's like, yeah, he, he lays down the law there, and he's just like, no, you, you owe us money, motherfucker. <laughs> like, straight up. At the very least. But in, in this movie, like, for one, we have the introduction of Jason Mewes as uh, Jay, and apparently he was very camera shy. Yeah, apparently they had to film some things without people in order to in order for him to do it, which is really funny considering like his character and his character is so in your face and so extroverted that you would you wouldn't think that he would have any inhibitions like that. Yeah. Now earlier he was also in a movie called Vulgar. Now, a, a movie which I have, by the way, and it's actually about the <laughs> clown in the Vuesque logo. Like the one at the beginning of this this movie was obviously oh, yeah. grooming the fucking kid. <laughs> yeah. And that movie goes into some very dark territory in its own right. Oh, Jesus. I'm, I'm talking like kind of rapey even. Oof. But yeah, it has Brian O'Halloran in it as uh, Jason Miwes and it's produced by, uh, executive produced by Kevin Smith and uh, Scott Mosier. You know, the same same two people who have uh, pretty much produced all of Kevin's, the VUSQ universe and everything. Yeah. But yeah, I mean Jay and Silent Bob are just they're they're a little rawer here, you know? I mean, they're not as refined as they were in later in in, in later movies. And, and I, you know, I, they, they even have a different tone to them here. They are rawer here. And I, I think it's interesting because I mean, essentially, right, was as we mentioned earlier, um Kevin Smith is essentially just playing himself, standing there being silent. Um, he's not even really as expressive as he is in later movies. He's kind of just there, but like, it, like just kind of ever present in those scenes. And then, you know, it kind of waits for that big, uh, uh, line later. And then, you know, of course, Jason, Jason, you is, I, I want to say is really kind of just method acting there. And maybe that's why he was kind of camera shy about it. Yeah. Uh, initially, I mean, apparently Kevin Smith did not like Jason at first. He Apparently, because I mean, he was just like I mean, everybody was like, "I'm hey, I'm the Kevin Smith's like I'm the funny man," and then here here comes Jay, and he's like, "No, I'm the funny man," and it's just like, "No, we'll cancel each other out." But the funny thing is, is that I mean, Kevin Smith pretty much became one of the best straight men in comedy. Yeah, he really did. Like seriously, like he's the perfect foil for someone like Jay. <laughs> now, Robert, what are your takes on these characters? You know, I mean. What do you what do you think about the way that they interact with each other in this movie? Um, I think it's like a Batman and Robin sort of thing. Right? Yeah, some, <laughs> something that incidentally is kind of you know referenced with Blunt Man and Chronic a little bit. Salsa Shark. We're gonna need a bigger boat. Throughout history, they have been a part of our American life, men and women who have made it their mission to serve their fellow man. They've worked hard enough. Isn't it time? They had their own movie. Clerks. 
This job would be great if it wasn't for the fucking customers. I, I don't bother them and they don't bother me. I could do without the people in the video store. Do you have that one with that guy who was in that movie that was out last year? You should hear the barrage of stupid questions I get. What do you mean there's no ice? You mean I gotta drink this coffee hot? You'd feel a hell of a lot better if you just rip into the occasional customer. <laughs> You're a clerk, paid to do a job. You can't just do anything you want while you're working. Convenience store, do you run here? Miramax Films presents. You think anybody can see us down here? Why? Do you want to have sex or something? Uh, can we? Clerks, just because they serve you doesn't mean they like you. You hate people, but I love gatherings. Isn't it ironic? But also, it's referenced by the uh, whole, uh, you know, with ball rats and and Jason and Bob, the. Uh, the Gatling gun or whatever? Yeah. The Gatling, or, or no, no, the, uh, the, what is it? The, 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 the bat gun? The grappling hook. The grappling hook. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's uh, like, so. yeah, so, so there's a little bit of that reference there, you know? So, yeah, it is kind of a Batman and Robin scenario, but who's the Batman and who's the Robin? I mean, we know who the Blunt Man and the Chronic is. Kind of like a Laurel and Hardy thing with, like, uh, Chris Farley and David Spade thing. Yeah, you know? it kind of has elements of that <clears throat> a little bit. Like know? old Hollywood, right? But also, they became straight-up stoner icons over time, like much in the way of uh, Cheech and Chong. Yeah. And, I mean, mm -hmm. honestly, I mean, that's more along, you know, the lines of, like, my generation. You know, like, Jay and Silent Bob were pretty much our Cheech and Chong, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, this is what kind of introduced us to the idea of, you know, just kind of skeevy but kind of happy-go-lucky stoners you know yeah. yeah i heard somebody say it was like a knockoff version of bill and ted kind of sorta you know i yeah. mean but bill and ted it's a lot rawer and a lot more vulgar than bill, bill and ted are yeah i mean bill and ted are just you know they're just dolts you know what i mean that's yeah. interesting though is we kind of have a generational thing then right because we've got uh cheech and chong bill and ted in the 80s and then we've got uh uh jay and silent bob Jay and Silent Bob, and arguably in the 2000s, you have uh, Chappelle, Brewer, and, uh, and Homeboy from uh, Half-Baked. Yeah. You know? But here, it's like, they really, it's really amazing how they just took these two characters and they kind of turned it into, like, kind of their brand a little bit, you know? Yeah. Yeah, they really did, yeah. Yeah, I, lo I love Jay and Silent Bob. I think that they're kind of the most iconic part of Kevin Smith's uh, VSQ universe films. Absolutely. I mean, there's a reason why they have two standalone movies themselves. Yeah, yeah, no, I think uh, Jay and Silent Bob Strikes Back is still my favorite VSQ movie. Yeah. But I haven't seen the newest one, and I but haven't seen Clark's 3. What's equally great about them is that they are characters that can really be molded to fit what the tone of whatever movie they're doing. I mean, I would say that the Jay and Silent Bob that you see in, like, Strikes Back and Mallrats are a lot different from the Jay and Silent Bob you see and say here in Clerks or in Clerks 2 or, or especially in Chasing Amy. Yeah. Like in Chasing Amy, they have a completely different tone to them. Like yeah. Out, like outright because that, that's what that movie needed. They didn't need them to be like really ostentatious or anything. They needed them to, to show up, just kind of, you know, do a little bit of their shtick. And then, you know, uh, Kevin Smith gives, uh, as Silent Bob gives the, uh, the immortal, you know, Amy, uh, speech and whatnot yeah so i i mean 
Yeah, they're, they're characters that are integral, but they're also, you know, they can kind of fit whatever movie, uh, whatever movie they're in. You know, they, they yeah, can, yeah, that, that that's what's great about them is that they kind of fit in in any each of those films in a different way. Like, like for instance, in Jay and Silent Bob Strikes Back, it's like they're more like cartoon characters a little mm-hmm. more. You know, they're they're more cartoony. In, in a Dogma, they're just kind of you know a foil to Linda Fiorentino and all of the uh, rest of the cast, more or less. You know. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, in Clerks, I mean, they're just meant to be these two skeevy-ass fucking dope dealers that just show up and stand outside and just deal dope. You know? Exactly. <laughs> now, we, I haven't really seen uh, the new Jay and Silent Bob movie or anything like that, or the new Clerks. But even, yeah. even, in, even in Clerks 2, they had kind of a different feel to them. It's like there's some elements of what they were in Strikes Back, but there was also some elements of what they were in, like, Chasing Amy. And here in this movie... Yeah. It was kind of a mixture of the three. Yeah, interestingly enough, I, I agree. Yeah. Yeah, but also, let's talk about some of our some more of our favorite scenes from this movie, because that's really what this movie is. It's, it's, it's a scene-heavy movie. It's mm-hmm. not only a character-heavy movie, it's a scene-heavy movie. Like, like, we talked about, like, for instance, the, uh, the Chalmers gun uh, solicitor. Like, I mean, that is actually a brilliant bit in its own right. You know, it's like, well, as you just see, like the shit that's piling up, like all these fucking customers are are, are, are sitting here and, and yelling. And it's like, Jesus Christ, like and he has to put up with this. Yeah, he's yeah. I mean, Dante, he just has kind of a deer in the headlights look to him. He's just like he, he, he's like, what the fuck, man? And, and of course, I mean, you have this dude, he's he's bringing out like a diseased lung and pictures of cancerous uh, of cancer victims and like uh, yeah. tracheotomies and shit. And it's like, and, it, and then eventually it's all, it, it takes, uh, it actually takes Victoria to come in and fucking uh, like call him out. Yeah. Yeah. When Veronica comes or Veronica, in, I should say Sorry. she, yeah, she's the, she's the one that like kind of puts everybody, uh, you know, uh, uh, breaks the whole thing up and, that that's why Veronica was the best girl, man. That is, yeah. She came in. She saw that her man was having issues, and she cut to the fucking, cut to through the bullshit, you know. But then the the perfect part of that is that the one of the fucking crowd just comes up and say, "Can I get a pack of smokes?" Yeah, I mean, it's like seriously. And then if you noticed, every just about every customer that comes in in the movie after that asks for a pack of cigarettes. Everybody. Including apparently the little four-year-old girl that Randall fucking gives <laughs> cigarettes to. It's like, oh, that's so. That that is just such a gut punch when uh, when the uh, when the, uh, the the fine is given to him. You know, that, I know. That's such a gut punch. It's just like, oh, five hundred dollars. Like for many of us, that's a paycheck. For a lot of us, that's a paycheck, right? Yeah. It's like that's one paycheck gone over some fucking bullshit that he didn't even fucking do. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. It, it that, that's a real gut punch. Maybe hopefully Randall is willing to. Uh, oh, I don't know help with that because it's his fault. <laughs> it's one hundred percent his fault. He better fucking pay some at least at least the good majority of it, if not all of it. Yeah, exactly. That's the kind of money you could take somebody to fucking small claims court over. Like seriously, true. That's true. Like, like I, I, I've seen at least that on like fucking Judge Judy, even. <laughs> yeah. Like, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. People asking for around that much money. Judge Mathis. 
I mean, it's Randall who actually uh, tells Veronica about uh, Dante's feeling, and he tells her right whenever Dante realizes he really loves Veronica, but Randall's trying to break to Veronica that he's in love with Caitlin. And that's kind of the story of Dante's life as well, is just especially his relationship with, with Randall. That I mean, has its has its twists and turns, its hills and valleys. It's interesting. It's like one second they're they're trying to like kill each other, they're they're breaking shit and and, and you know wrecking and uh, uh, groceries everywhere and shit. And, and then they're and then they're having discussions about the goddamn Death Star that was being <laughs> built and how there were undoubtedly independent contractors there and that the rebels would have killed innocent people. And then that's succinctly like pushed back by an actual roofer, a contractor who says, it's like, no, nah, we, we know what we're signing. It's like, if, if there's imminent risk of death, we're not going to sign any contract. Exactly. It's like they knew the risks whenever they agreed to take the job. Yeah. And I mean, it makes an irrefutable argument. Right. I mean, Robert, I mean, you've done contract work like that. Would you fucking sign a contract like that? That has that kind of risk of possibly of like death. Um, you know, I wouldn't even be there. Yeah. No, no, you no. you would you wouldn't show up, right? Uh, uh-uh. uh, fuck that shit. But yeah, it's like that that that's another great scene right there. I mean, I think another awesome scene is, of course, the aforementioned uh, necrophilia scene. Like that, oh, that's man. notable. Yeah. I mean, we went over that earlier. Just but as that kind of unfolds, yeah. Just how that unfolds, like I mean, how Caitlin takes it. I mean, just the way that it's done is just nearly flawless, I feel. And also, I mean, just that ending, you know? Just coming up to that ending and, you know, like... Closed. Closed. You're closed. You're closed. Throws the fucking sign in. It's like, yeah, that actually is the perfect way to end the movie. It really is, man. It's just like, I mean, and like I said, we all relate to that, you know? Like, we have our own little things that we do whenever we're closing. Yeah, yeah, and that feeling whenever you're off and you're done. And you're done for the day. Like, especially after a day full of bullshit. A day full of bullshit. Which is, is exactly what this is. This is just nine levels of fucking bullshit. What was it? It was the bullshit and then offloading the truck on Fridays, right? Uh-huh, exactly, yeah. Shit. I mean, that's gotten a little easier now. I'm not going to lie, but, you know, it's still it's still a lot of work. You know, what are you going to do? Mm. Yeah. But anyway, guys, I guess that we can go ahead and start wrapping things up on uh, our 420 special, right? I mean, <laughs> shit, we, we, we're, we're, we're getting high here. Hell yeah, we bro. Have more, we have more weed to smoke here. More weed. All the weed, right? Weed Christmas. All right. Well, Robert, what are your final thoughts on the Clerks 1994? 1994. Hmm. Hmm. It's not a bad movie, really. I mean, I enjoy watching it, but uh, I don't really think I saw the first one first. I think I watched Stripe, Strike Backs first. You saw you saw James saw the Bob Strikes Back. Strike Back, Clerks Two, and then the first Clerks. And interesting. Yeah. That that is interesting because James saw and Bob Strikes Back. It's very very lore heavy when it comes to the Viewers universe. I mean, it has lots of recurring jokes, like from Mallrats, from Clerks, from Chasing Amy, like there's a lot of. It's interesting that that was the first uh, exposure you had to that. Yeah, that was the order. It's like I didn't see them both until uh, 
Clerks 2, that it made me wanted to watch the first one. Then I was like, okay, I'm hooked. The first one's great, you know? Yeah. Oh, Damn yeah, it. definitely. I mean, and, and how do you, how does it make you feel as a an aspiring filmmaker? I mean, just knowing the story of how Kevin Smith just put his all into making this and the sacrifices that he made to do it. I mean, he 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 put himself into debt. He fucking uh, like cleared out all his uh, his parents. It gave him money and shit. I mean, he, he had to he had to film at his place of work, like off hours. It's it was like, a hit or miss type thing, which yeah, that, which absolutely. got him really famous. And that's happened a few guys that were great that are great. It's kind of comparable to uh, Ramy and Campbell and company. And, yeah. Uh, and the first Evil Dead. Yeah, honestly, I wish that kind of fucking shit happened to us, you know? Well, we can do that, though. I mean, nah. we just got to get the money together, you know? Yeah. I mean, and nowadays... Get that Tommy Wiseau money. Yeah. Get that Tommy Wiseau money, we just, exactly. We just, <laughs> we just need that one movie that'll launch us to the top, you know? Absolutely. Fuck. Yeah. Ash, what are your final thoughts? Oh, man, Clerks is a classic. Um, I, I will say, out of... Uh, the, out of Kevin Smith's films, this one's definitely one of the like best directed and best written. You know, like from from like a cinematic standpoint, this one there's like a certain level of quality to it, I guess. Um, that uh, that that really stands out, and it's not my it's not my personal favorite, but like I'll admit it, it really ranks high up, and um, just yeah, just how how well done it is. Um, I, I I really love the whole like the kind of the indie direction to it. I think that kind of gives it its own flavor as well. And uh, I I think it's interesting that uh, it was an indie film like right before you know like the onset of the the internet. So it's kind of like one of the last uh, indie film makers that kind of found success and became a name. Yeah, especially without all that. Ex- ex- all that uh, exposure from the internet that you normally see nowadays. I mean, you kind of have to, you kind of have to play that game in order to, you know, get people to see your films now. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Or, or you have to work with certain type of distribution uh, networks and whatnot. So it's all about who you know. Yeah. Uh-huh, exactly. All the, all the plugs you can plug together. Yep. Exactly. Now, as for my final thoughts, first I'm going to preface this by telling a story. Clerks was actually a movie that I uh, that I saw on a on a uh, date uh, at my place with a certain special girl at the time, and first time that I really ever got action was watching Clerks. Nice, bro. So I mean, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna name names or anything. I don't kiss and tell, <coughs> but I mean, she knows who she is. Um, but that said. Having watched Clerks uh, since then, I mean, this is just like the perfect 90s movie for one. Not unlike another movie that we did earlier this season, uh, Clueless, Mm -hmm. which is in and of itself a perfect 90s movie. This one is kind of like on the other on the other side of that, you know, whereas, you know, Clueless was very, you know, uh, self-aware and very, uh, you know, still had a lot of positivity to move towards. This is the more crass and cynical side. Of yeah. It, you know? Yeah, exactly. Th- this is the more, this is the darker, grittier side of the nineties that, you know, growing up, I remember very well, you know, like, like, like last night I was watching a bunch of the, uh, video music video segments from Beavis and Butthead. And I kind of noted how it, 
all those videos back in the day, they kind of had that same kind of indie quality that Clerks had, you know? Like, it, it kind of had that same edge to it, and I think that's what makes this movie not only such a time capsule, but also a t- it has a timelessness to it. It's just that grit to it, you know? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I mean, th- this is a movie that was a passion project. I mean, Kevin Smith and his family put their all into this, and he had to, and, and he really put himself out there to make this. Yeah, you got to respect that. You have to, re- you have to show massive respect to that. Just seeing what he built out of that, I mean, it's just phenomenal. And I mean, especially knowing his his recent history, the fact that he survived the Widowmaker heart attack, he survived a bad heart attack. He went vegan. You know, he's still vegan now, like pretty much to save his life, which I kind of relate to a little bit there. I kind of feel going vegan saved my life in many ways, you know. But um, also, I mean, he he still managed to make more movies. He made another Jay and Silent Bob. He made uh, he made a couple of horror films. He made Tusk. Yeah, we you know? need to. We need to check that out sometime. We absolutely do. It's it's kind of become a, a notable disturbing movie now, you know, kind of in the in the extreme cinema uh, spectrum. Yeah, I mean, we did uh, we did Human Centipede, so yeah, it's kind of it's kind of a Human Centipede take. So, uh, and he also did Clerks three in Clerks two. Yep. Yeah. Well, actually, Clerks three. That's what it was. I uh, I and I I got uh, Clerks three for you for Christmas, so we still haven't watched it. We need to go in and just do a watch through of all three Clerks movies. Yeah, seriously. Like last night, we uh, watched uh, Clerks, and then we watched Jay and Silent Bob Strikes Back, and that was kind of perfect. Yeah. You know. Good fun night. Just yeah. fu- fun night of uh, movie watching right there. And, I mean, this this movie, it's... I'm not going to act like it's my all-time favorite View Universe movie. Like, obviously, that's going to go, go more towards, like, Dogma, Chasing Amy, maybe, uh, maybe Jay and Silent Bob Strikes Back. Those, those are my favorites right there. But this is still an important movie. It's a necessary movie if you want to learn how to how to make a movie on a budget. And it's, it's a movie that, you know, is still very relevant. Not unlike Clueless that we did earlier this year, or even Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, you know? Yeah. It's like a lot of the string of movies that we've done on this podcast this season has been mostly movies that have that, that current through it, you know? It's like they're 90s movies that kind of could, you know? Yeah. And they, and they became kind of exemplary of their time. And... That's what I feel about, you know, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or Clueless or this movie, you know? Like, it's, it's indicative of that time. Or even, like, Goonies of the 80s, you know? Right. Or Rocky about the late 70s and early 80s. Or Fast you know? Times, Ridgemont High. Or, or Fast Times, even, you we know? we got to get into that one. Yeah. Oh, we definitely... That, that's going to be another stoner movie that we'll have to get into in another... Days of Confused. Yeah. yeah. Movies that are just evocative of a particular time and place, but still kind of timeless. You know what you know? it is? It's suburbia, dude. It's fucking boring. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, uh, suburbia, it just kind of leads to those results, right? right? You're always going to stand there on the corner. I mean, there's always going to be some guy wanting to get out of this town. And be like, purgatory. And like, yep. dude, what the hell do I do with my life? You know, there's always that one guy. I feel like that guy sometimes, you know? And in later, <clears throat> in later movies, that's kind of what happens to Dante. Yeah. He starts to kind of really face the music more than a few ways. Mm. Yeah. But yeah, anyway, yes, Clerks is definitely an important movie. It's a movie that's 
timeless, but of its time, and you should totally watch it. You get really high when you watch it. Yeah. It's just quintessential shit. Just do it. Do, do it. it. It's kind. It's kind do of it. like kind of like Scream. That's another essential '90s movie. The first Scream. Yeah, no kidding. You know, it's just just essential shit that you've just got to watch. You know. Exactly. But anyway, that wraps up our 420 holiday special on Clerks. Uh, Ash, what's going on with Collateral Gaming? Well, we are going to be doing our 420 special on uh, Conqueror's Bad Fur Day, but I think we've decided to make that a Let's Play, Woo. Uh, and uh, we should be recording that uh, by the end of tonight, 420. Yeah, by the end of, of, of tonight, later on the, today. Yeah. Yep, later on today, 420 day. So uh, get excited for that. Um, and uh, we just did get out our uh, part two of the uh, Ace Attorney trilogy, which was a collab with Collateral Cinema. So that was a lot of fun examining both the Ace Attorney movie and then the original trilogy of games, right, Bo? Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun getting into that series. And uh, we're going to also go ahead and live start live streaming the first game here very soon, or maybe record a Let's Play or something like that. And Robert's going to join us on that, you know, which I'm looking forward to because, I, honestly, Robert, I'd like to see you uh, try to figure some of this shit out. It's actually pretty interesting. Hmm. Yeah, it, it, it's a challenge, but it's 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 rewarding though, you know. So yeah, look for that. And also uh, look for an upcoming uh, commentary we're going to put on Patreon. We're going to do Morbius. Yeah, we're going to get morbed. We got to get morbed. We have to. It's Absolutely. morbid time. It's morbid time. <laughs> yeah, it's morbid time. But also uh, on uh, Patreon, on both Collateral Cinema and Collateral Gaming, we have full-length uh, commentary. We have full-length feature commentaries and also Let's Plays on Collateral Gaming. Uh, we, we have $1 and $5 tiers. And as we get more uh, patrons, I mean, we're going to add more features. We're going to start releasing episodes earlier, uh, for our patrons. And we're going to also start giving out, you know, some small level of merchandise once we start getting that together. Uh, and also, uh, if you are looking to start a podcast and you need an RSS feed, uh, use our affiliate link at uh, podbean.com slash podcast and sign up with the unlimited plan to get one month of uh, free uh, podcast hosting via Podbean. So uh, check that out. And uh, Ash, where can, you, where can uh, our listeners find our podcast? Uh, wherever you get your podcasts. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, uh, iHeartRadio. We are also on YouTube. Uh, you can check us out on our uh, social medias, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And also you can uh, check us out on Good Pods, at, where you can give us a five-star rating and help us climb the ranks there. And Robert, aren't we about to release a uh, teaser for uh, Texas Sundown? Yeah. Pretty soon? We're going to be working on that maybe tonight. But maybe, yeah. Hopefully. Hopefully tonight, maybe even tomorrow night or something. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I don't after know. after we stream or after we do record a Let's Play for a little while. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. we got to do something. Anyway, yeah. I already threw the announcement out. We'd be dropping a small clip. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Everybody's been waiting for a while. Yeah, we'll, we'll go ahead and put like a little tile card on it. You know, maybe give it a little bit of music, probably. Yeah. 
you know, maybe a little, just a little placeholder soundtrack or whatever. Yeah, we got to do something to it. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, you can also find Robert Ortegon on his uh, his personal page on uh, Facebook and also uh, at Robert Ortegon 3 on Twitter, right? Yeah, Twitter. I hardly use it, but go ahead. Yeah. Also, you're on Instagram? I'm on Instagram, too. And uh, YouTube, right? YouTube, Snapchat. Yeah. All right. Hell yeah. Well, I guess with that said, it's time to smoke some more weed. I'm Bo Maddox. I'm Robert Ortegon. Ten. I might be embellishing by one. <laughs> this motherfucker. <laughs> Is that your body count? <laughs> motherfucker. Oh, my Lord. Perfect 10. I'm Ashley Chancellor. And we were definitely not supposed to be here. <laughs> Laters, y'all.